This afternoon I preach to you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the Church in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 20, fitting on this Pentecost Sunday, ask the question, see what the Church confesses concerning the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to read along, it's by page 534 in the Book of Praise. Here the Church confesses, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, he is together with the Father and the Son, true and eternal God. Second, he is also given to me to make me by true faith share in Christ and all his benefits to comfort me, to re remain with me forever. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the promise of God the Holy Spirit at baptism we just read together is that he will dwell in us and make us living members of Christ imparting to us what we have in Christ namely the cleansing from our sins and the daily renewal of our lives till we shall finally be presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal think about that promise think about those words the wording is similar to what we confess in Lord's Day 20 of the Heidelberg Catechism. And although these statements that the church makes about the Holy Spirit are short, very succinct, they manage to summarize what the scriptures teach about the divine nature of the Holy Spirit that he shares with the Father and the Son, as well as his unique work as a distinct person in the Trinity. In Scripture, God reveals that each person of the Trinity carries out a specific role in our salvation, for our salvation. So the Father is the beginning and the origin of everything. The Son accomplished all things as the eternal, uh, the eternal wisdom, and the Holy Spirit perfects the plan. He applies Christ's work in his power. And today we will especially consider what we believe and confess about this applying work of the Holy Spirit. And I preach to you the gospel under this theme, God the Holy Spirit applies Christ's work of salvation to our lives. We will see that the Holy Spirit is God among us, Secondly, that he connects us to Christ. And third, that the Holy Spirit sanctifies believers. First then we see that, and we confess, the Holy Spirit is God, together with the Father and the Son. That means that he was before the world was made. He wasn't created. He was present in the beginning when God made the heavens and the earth, we sang of him also when we sang Psalm 90. And he will be with us forever in the glory, the heavens of the, of the, new, the new heavens and the new earth. As God, the Holy Spirit is perfect, incomprehensible, invisible, immutable. He's, he's unchanging, infinite. There are no limits to him. Almighty is perfectly wise, just, good, and the overflowing fountain of all good. The Holy Spirit is 
one and the same essence, majesty, and glory with the Father and the Son, so that we are also baptized into his name. And we are blessed by his great love when we receive the blessings, the, the triune blessing and the worship services. The Holy Spirit is also able to, to search everything. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 says he, he comprehends even the depths of God because he is God. And like the Son, he is the truth. And so he is rightfully called the Holy Spirit. For he is beyond our comprehension. He's distinct from all created things. He is, as we said, you see in the, the Lord, uh, Nicene Creed, the Lord and giver of life. And although sometimes people refer to the Holy Spirit using the pronoun it, the church of God in whom he dwells knows from experience that the Holy Spirit is not just an inanimate power that flows from the Father as if he was like energy. And so we worship the Holy Spirit. We glorify the Holy Spirit. We refer to him by the name he has given. Recognize that he is a distinct person in the Trinity who is powerfully fulfilling his most gracious work in God's plan of salvation. We worship this triune God consisting of three persons of co-equal divinity and glory without dividing the substance, but also without confusing the persons. So we always believe and confess all that the scriptures teach about the uniqueness of the person of the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. He is God. He is the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, remains distinct from the Father and the Son. And we read about that in John 15, verse 26, because he's eternally proceeding, eternally coming out from or going out from the Father and the Son. And although our finite minds, our, our limited vocabulary, the, the words that we use, we cannot picture exactly what this means. We simply repeat what our Lord Jesus said in John 15, verse 26, when he said, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. While God the Father remains in heaven, and God the Son came down to earth from this glory, in order to accomplish his work and return again with a human nature to the throne of God, God the Holy Spirit is, is proceeding in his infinite majesty and in his glory. He is actively working in and among the creatures he has made. He is God among us. After participating in the creation of the world and its ongoing renewal, 
the Holy Spirit working to prepare God's people for the coming of the Messiah. He continues to work to prepare our hearts to, to receive and, and confess our faith in Jesus Christ. He equips the spiritual leaders among the people of God. He guides God's people in the law of the Lord. He directs our hope to the perfect work of Jesus Christ, who is the perfect prophet, priest, and king. And so when Christ was born, Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit filled him and also led him in his task on earth. And later the same Holy Spirit was promised to the disciples so that they would remember all that our Lord Jesus taught them. We'll, we'll look at this more next week in the morning service when we look at John 14, verses 25 and 26. And finally, God, the eternally proceeding Holy Spirit, was also poured out by the ascended Lord Jesus Christ to dwell right in the hearts of every person who believes in the name of Jesus Christ. We can ask, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And if you say yes, then we can say that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ has God the Holy Spirit in their hearts. We don't have to go to some temple here on earth to, to come into his presence. We don't have to visit a person walking around we don't even have to go to some words that are written down on a stone tablet or in a book. For the Almighty God comes to us and he speaks in our hearts as he writes the laws right there in our hearts. In Corinthians, the picture is given that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ is the holy place where God dwells. The Holy Spirit is God Almighty. The Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity who proceeds from the Father and the Son to apply the benefits of Christ's saving work in your lives, in the lives of everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. He connects us to Christ. And we need to see that work from that, that understanding, that picture. If you think about it, Christ accomplished his work on earth 2,000 years ago, around 2,000 years ago. And that doesn't mean much for us if we remain unconnected to him. That's a long time, almost 2,000 years, since he died on a cross. He rose again on the third day. We can't visit him any place here on earth to, to have that connection. And although we can read about all that he did in the past, we could be his number one fan, the benefits that he obtained remain disconnected from our reality unless we are some way incorporated or made a part of his body. Jesus can go and prepare a room in heaven, like he told his disciples in John 14, but it doesn't mean anything for us if our sin is not actually forgiven so that we can go and, and join him, be brought into it. We could think of the situation using a bit of a, a comparison, an analogy. Imagine you lived in a, in a home in the desert. 
didn't have any water there. So one of you goes out and you go looking for water and finally you find a, a huge reservoir of fresh, clean water. Well, that water, that reservoir, it doesn't help you at all unless there are channels, unless there are pipes that can bring that water, that reservoir of life, right into our homes. Well, in the same way, we somehow need to be included to share in Christ's work. We need to share in his anointing. We need to be brought into his truth to have his truth brought in to us. And to do as we, we need someone, as we read in John 16, to take what is Christ's and declare it as our own. The Holy Spirit's work is that connecting work. For not only does he reveal the gospel to us through the preparation and the spread of the revealed word of God in, in the Bible, and not only does he invite us through this preaching to, to come and, and to take of the water of life without price that Christ has obtained, but he also works faith into our hearts through the preaching of the gospel. This faith in Jesus Christ is the instrument that God uses to graft us into Jesus Christ so that we and our children can share in the covenant blessings. And then we think of that what we read together in the form for baptism for Lennox as well, that this is the promise that the Holy Spirit will apply that work also to young Lennox. And one of the blessings of believing in Jesus Christ is that God comes to dwell right in our hearts through his Spirit, that Holy Spirit whom, whom Jesus sends, that makes a very strong connection between believers and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For the triune God is one in essence. And since God himself creates that bond that we have between, between himself and all those who believe in him, brothers and sisters, that is an unbreakable or invincible or irresistible bond that cannot even be broken by our sins by our weakness. It's a bond that God established because the Spirit is poured out on all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And then we can understand why Jesus Christ speaks of sending the Spirit and giving us knowledge. That's in John 14, verse 20, that He is in the Father and we are in Him and He is in us. It's a revelation of that intimate bond we have with God through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows about our faith. He knows about our trust in Jesus Christ. He sees it from the inside, we could say, because he gave it to us. And so he also ensures that all that Christ has accomplished for us is faithfully applied in our lives. His presence within us has the result that we are incorporated 
into Christ. Incorporated, this big word, just means being made a part of the body of Christ, joined to him like a member of a body is joined to the head, joined to Christ like your finger is joined to your body. He is a connector. He connects us to Christ. And you may have been wondering why you had to draw a picture of a pipe going into a house. It's, the pipe is, is the connector. The Holy Spirit is, is, can be compared then to a pipe fitting that perfectly connects to the source of life and then receives that life and distributes that water into homes. But in the case of God's divine saving work, the Holy Spirit doesn't bring water into our homes, but he brings life to our bones. Like we read in Ezekiel 37, he dwells within us to connect us to the author of life and to bring this victory, this life, right into the bodies that were once dead in their sins so that they too might live. Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. The Father and the Judge look upon those who believe in Jesus Christ. You, brothers and sisters, looks upon you and he sees, they can see the Holy Spirit, God himself within us like a seal, like a stamp of God's divine ownership. You see why we celebrate Pentecost. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. And then he imparts to us. He, he makes it a part of who we are. The cleansing from our sins. That Christ obtained for us by his death on the cross so many years ago. And all of a sudden it means something for me. We can see the consequences of Christ's work. In the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, makes his home within you. If you can be a temple of God, you can know that you have been made clean and holy. The experience and the promise of renewed fellowship with our covenant God that flows from heaven through God, the Holy Spirit, into our hearts, into our minds. It grants us assurance and peace and joy. Do you experience this assurance and this peace and this joy as you live your lives? That's the gift of Pentecost that we celebrate. Our entire perspective is changed. We now know whom God has made us to be. And we actually desire to live like he has made us to be. The new life, Christ's gift of the daily renewal of our lives is applied to our lives by the Holy Spirit as he sanctifies us more and more. The word sanctifies is a word that means being made holy. The eternal God who dwells in the hearts of believers, he doesn't only help us by comforting us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but he himself also counsels our hearts and he guides us in all truth. We read that in John 16, verse 13. This work of the Holy Spirit, this counseling, this comforting, this leading, this process, 
That's called the work of sanctification. It's a process in which he ensures that every believer in Jesus Christ might know and enjoy the fullness of Christ's victory in increasing measure in our lives. You see, sometimes we have things and we don't even know how valuable they are to us. We don't understand what they can all do for us. Sometimes it might be you buy a car and it's got all these features and all you know is the drive, the steering wheel and the gas pedal. You don't have an understanding of the fullness of what that car is able to do. The Holy Spirit connects us to Jesus Christ and the process of sanctification is that process of showing you exactly what you all have now as a member of Christ's body. The beginning, when you just are converted, it's like being a dry house, right, without water, and then the connection is made, and, and at that moment, the, you have water, and the only thing you can think about is, woohoo, I'm alive, I got water, I can drink, and I can, I can be alive. I'm not dying of thirst anymore. It's that moment of change, that, that conversion from death to life. However, once you're past that emergency stage, you begin to appreciate more and more the fullness of the benefits of Christ's work in your life. In the process of sanctification, the Holy Spirit allows us to understand the value of Christ's work, to love his blessings more and more, to seek to take full advantage of the peace that we have with our Creator. Now let's go back to that comparison, the analogy of the house with the pipe connected. It was dry before and now there's water coming into that house. You compare that connecting moment to the, what's, word, what's called justification. After that, the process of sanctification can be compared to that time where you get to enjoy the full benefits of having water. So what do you think are some of the full benefits of having water? Well, like a person who might take time to savor the minerals, the flavors, and the beauty of water. I, I even have a prop this afternoon I can use. We, you have water, and you look at that, and, and you, it's not just life now, but now you can enjoy the savor you can enjoy the minerals in the water. You see that there's more here than just mere survival. You can enjoy the beauty of the Lord. So also we, who are being sanctified by the Spirit, we grow in our appreciation for all the details of Christ's work. We love to hear stories about how joy was given to somebody who was down because they, they weren't sure exactly where to turn and, and you see the work of the Spirit, we say that's the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We savor the beauty of the Lord. We love to, to open up our, our Bibles and, and study the Old Testament more and more. We say, wow, God was showing Christ right from the very beginning and, and now I understand the depth, what that cross means because I'm learning about the sacrifices. Savoring the beauty of God is, is like singing about the depths of his grace. That's why we as God's people, we can sing the Psalms and we can see how they show us all the angles and the depths of, of Christ's work. We're, we're gazing upon the beauty of God 
We're growing in our appreciation of the fullness. Go back to the analogy, a person who, who learns how to use the water. You might learn how to use the water. You, you can say, instead of just giving me life, I can actually use this water for different things. It can help me in tasks of preparing food. I can actually boil some water and, and have some, some more tasty food. Or I can use the water to keep my hands clean and maybe to spray the dust out of the rooms in my home. Maybe I can use it to irrigate the lawn and have a nice garden. And you see the uses of the water for our lives, so also we can grow in our appreciation of Christ's work in that process of sanctification. We see how having Christ is a blessing for our marriages, for our friendships, for our relationships, for our work. He's a, he's a blessing. We use that comfort in the hardships of life. The Holy Spirit helps us to apply the consequences of Christ's work, the accomplished work, to all the different situations in our life that we are facing. Or just like a person who receives and appreciates the value of water, coming to the house will all of a sudden be on guard against water being wasted as it goes out through the cracks in the pipes. Such a person will be careful to maintain the pipes to prevent damage in their homes. So also in the process of sanctification, the Holy Spirit will lead us to value Christ's rich blessings in our lives. And so be on guard against cracks and attacks and distractions and sinful behavior that actually hinder our enjoyment of the fullness of Christ's benefits. The sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit does within our hearts can be described as the process of receiving, growing, using, maintaining, and celebrating the riches of the blessings of Jesus Christ. And that is the way God completes the work that he begins within us. He perfects what Christ has done in his power. In John 15, verse 2, the, whole, the, the Lord Jesus compares the work of sanctification to pruning a vine. To pruning, cutting off the dead branches and making sure that just the, the living ones are producing fruit. In Paul's writings, the work of sanctification is compared to the process of taking off the old and dirty clothes that aren't any use anymore and enjoying the new clothes, the robes that we have in Jesus Christ. It's because we are saved that we want to learn more about the grace of God, the power of his resurrection, says Paul in Philippians 4. Because we know what we have in Christ, we want to cut off all the dead branches and we want to get rid of the, 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 those things that interfere and attack us like rust and rot. The work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts is visible. And the different ways that the Holy Spirit does this work, these different ways are often called means of grace or means of salvation. And the main way that the Spirit sanctifies us through the, is through the truth of his word, through the Bible, the preaching of the gospel 
in the public worship is a means, it's a way that God the Holy Spirit uses to sanctify believers in their faith. And God adds the visible proclamation and assurance of the gospel truth in the sacraments, baptism and Lord's Supper. Now it's true, the Holy Spirit is able to use other means to prune your spiritual life and to sanctify you, such as prayer, family, or marriage, or education, or examples. The unique thing about the ordinary means, ways that the Spirit uses, the, the preaching of the gospel, and the sacraments, the unique thing about these ordinary means is that God himself promised that whoever uses these means will be sanctified. In practical terms, that means if you want to know God better, you want to be close to him and you pray, Lord, I want to, to know you better. I want to walk more closely with you. you. You ask the Lord, the promise that he gives you, the answer that he gives you is yes, you can through the word, through the sacraments. And so you, if you need more guidance from the Holy Spirit, you need to go to the means, the way that God has pointed us to, to read and study and, and meditate on the Bible. Now you might wish that he could use something more exciting than your local preacher, than, than me, or the splash of water at baptism, or the quiet rite of Lord's Supper. And we know it's possible for God to do so, but God only promises to sanctify you and allow you to grow in grace through the means that he established. And since God has promised that this is the way that he will do his work through his word, through the sacraments, through this worship. We can also be sure that when the word is preached faithfully, then the Holy Spirit himself is working to sanctify our lives. And that is where we need to be. That is where we want to be. That's where the Holy Spirit leads us to be. When your heart is lifted up to God through this covenant dialogue that we call public worship, when his word is read and it's applied, when a sermon causes you to make changes in your life, or sacraments make you appreciate more of what you have in Jesus Christ so that you love God and you love your neighbor, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the blessing of Pentecost. And the best part is that God is working within us for a purpose. And as he leads you through this sometimes very painful process of sanctification, it hurts to cut stuff off and to walk away from those things that can cause rot in our lives. When God uses that process, he also promises that one day, the conflict with your sinful nature will be over. When we are baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit assures us by this sacrament that he will dwell in us 
and make us living members of Christ, imparting to us what we have in Christ, till we shall finally be presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. And on that day, God will be all in all. And nothing will, within us will need to be pruned or, or put off anymore. And the fullness of Jesus Christ that we have a taste of already today, it all will be ours. And then we will look back. We can see, if, we, if we're able to look back, we will be able to see how, how perfect the Father's plan was. How the Son did everything for us to give us access to the Father. And how the Holy Spirit truly carried us all the way through right to heaven. And we will fully understand why we confess in the Nicene Creed that the Holy Spirit with the Father and the Son is to be worshipped and adored. Amen.